This is the way a follower of Jesus would live differently from other people where we realize that everything that we have is actually a gift from the Lord, right? And because we realize that God has entrusted us with these gifts, we don't just want to hoard them for ourselves. When you hoard the gifts that you have, what do we call that? Selfishness. If shown some different logos, you'd probably be able to name the brand they represent. That's because the logo's purpose is to help you recognize the product. Today, Pastor Daniel says that a life lived in the reality of God's presence should be pretty recognizable too, especially in the area of generosity. You'll discover that a follower of Jesus wants to share their gifts with others. Knowing that God's given you these gifts encourages you to use them. Now here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 as he begins his message, Live an Amen Life. So, so much of life can be boiled down to what is your perspective on things? I mean, your perspective is the way that you see the world, the way that you interpret the events of life. And for all of us, there are situations that go on that actually give us some perspective on things. I know for each one of you, there are different things that like, oh, in this situation, this gave me an important perspective. Like I know for me, you know, no matter how old I get, the loss of my mom when I was 21 years old was one of those kind of eye-opening experiences. As a young man and, and, and not knowing the Lord especially, I never really thought too much about the afterlife. And I had been pretty sheltered about things like that. You know, there was loved ones who we had lost along the way, but there was just something about when my mother took her last breath. I rem- I'll never forget this. I remember when she uh, when she passed away. Um, she died at our at our home. We knew that she was passing away, and she was on hospice. And I remember when she took her last breath. We all knew that it happened, and, and there was a lot. It was a lot of pe- family in the house, and there was a big, um, you know, kind of overwhelming sense of emotion. And then I left because I just like I'm like I don't. Want- I didn't want to deal with this. So I just left and I was gone for about four hours. And I remember I came back home and, um, and my dad was like, hey, your mom is still here. Do you want to go say goodbye? And I remember just being like, like what? Like, but really they hadn't come to, you know, to pick up her body. And I remember my dad walked me into the room. It was important for my dad that I did this. And I remember just looking and I just looked at her and I'm like, She's actually not here. And I, I walked out of the room almost two seconds later. And my dad's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's just her body. She's not here. But what's amazing is I never had that thought before. Like I never thought about what happens when you take your last breath. And at that moment, it began for me uh, an awareness of eternity, what eternity is all about. The fact that this body that, that, that we live in right now, this is just a shell. This is just a, the vehicle. It's just what you walk in on this life. But when you take your last breath and you go home to be with the Lord, these bodies stay behind, you know? And and for me, that was a a huge perspective shift. And still to this day, it's something that I'm still thinking through, processing through. 
right? Another thing that just happened recently, and, I, and I've heard this story a couple times. I never knew that there was such a thing as called a ground nesting yellow jacket. <laughs> I learned about this last Saturday because I was cleaning out this area of, of our yard and sure enough, I was using the, the weed whacker. I think you guys still call that that, the weed whacker. I st- even if you don't call it that, that's the best name for what that machine is, right? It whacks those weeds, you know? And so, and I was just taking care of this and all of a sudden, man, I just got swarmed and I got stung. And I'm just like, where did that guy come from, you know? And then sure enough, I noticed on the ground there was a little hole and there was all, and I, I ran. And if you ever gotten stung by a ground nesting uh, uh, B, those suckers hurt. And I don't mind calling them a sucker because they are, man. Those things are nasty. That thing hurt. And so sure enough, now I'm really aware of this. Like, you know, I used to think that there was just bees and you see them and you run away from them, but now they're on the ground, you know? And then so sure enough, yesterday, guess what happened? I got stung again. Yeah, not in the same spot though because my mama didn't raise no dummy. But sure enough, I'm like, you know, taking care of my, I just when I saw all these bees, I'm like, that is it. And so I, I'm smart. I went to the hardware store, bought like the, the spray from 30 feet bee killer. Yeah. Didn't work so great. I said from 30 feet, he still got me. It came, it was like a heat seeking missile. I didn't even have those little flares to, 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 no, it just got me right in the leg. And I was just, I just heard another one of our folks on our staff just got totally swarmed by those buggers. So I tell you that, so I want you to have the perspective. You've got to be careful out there. It's a jungle here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Gosh. But it's, it's like, now I go in the backyard and I'm like looking around, like, where are those ground nesting bees? I got little people that I'm protecting, right? But it changes your perspective. And in a lot of ways, as a church family, that's what we've been doing over the last bunch of months. I, our, my goal, our goal has been to change our perspective on how you see life. And the perspective that the Bible gives us, whether or not we choose to embrace it, believe in it, or if we do embrace and believe in it, if we choose to live it out, is the fact that God has promised that he'll always be with us. No matter how you're doing, no matter how your day is, no matter if everything's falling apart, God has said, I'm going to be with you. That's his promise to us. God's promise is his presence. And, and for many of us, really the goal is, and what we've been learning together, is that when you embrace that as an all-encompassing reality of life, things start to change. Things start to change when you realize that there's nowhere that you are that God isn't with you. That no matter how bad it gets, even though if everyone else around you forsakes you, he never will. And there are some of you, I think, right now, you're struggling to still believe that. Like, you, you believe it, but you're like, I'm not really so sure. I mean, I've been lots of places. And so we've been really exploring that together. And today we're going to be bringing this series that we're calling the present series to a close. So to close it out, I want you to open your Bibles, First Chronicles chapter 16. First Chronicles 16, we're going to be taking verses 28 to 36 together. So I want you to be able to read along because we live in a day and age where so much information, so many people have so many opinions, and I'm not really just telling you my opinion. I'm just reading, this is what the scriptures say, and this is what it means. That's all I'm trying to do. And so I want you to see where you find it in the scriptures. Now, if you're searching through the Bible, people have been saying to me this whole series, I didn't know there was a book called First Chronicles. You know, and so it's in there. So it's right in between the book of Second Kings and uh, Second Chronicles. So it's right in there in about the first quarter of your Bible. So we'll be closing this out. And I've been telling you that this whole psalm or song that we've been studying together from verse 7 in which we'll close today, it's also quoted verbatim in other places in the scripture. So this first 
two sections here is quoted in Psalm 96, verses 7 to 13. Psalm 96, 7 to 13. So if you want to make a little note in your Bible, you can also read the exact same words in this other place, in Psalm 96. And so if we pick up in verse 28, it says this. It says, give to the Lord, O families of the peoples, give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory that is due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, there's an important principle here. If you and I are going to live our lives in the presence of God, how should we live? And it's simply this. From these verses, what you learn is that you and I should give back what he has given to us. You should give back what he, what God has given to you. Because we start with this idea that we give to the Lord glory and strength. We give to the Lord the glory to his name. We bring him an offering and we come before him and we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now in each one of these, this is a life principle. This is the way a follower of Jesus would live differently from other people where we realize that everything that we have is actually a gift from the Lord. Right? And because we realize that God has entrusted us with these gifts, we don't just want to hoard them for ourselves. When you hoard the gifts that you have, what do we call that? Selfishness. Don't you love how straightforward I was about that? Like, like no qualities. That's selfishness. And that's exactly what it is, right? When, when you know that somebody has a need and you can help it, but you don't want to, you don't feel like it. It's not my problem. All of those are our heart conditions of selfishness, but we follow the selfless savior. We followed Jesus who he wasn't the one who was caught in the trap and bondage to sin. He was the one who was outside of it. He was perfect. And he's like, you know what? I see my people, all of humanity broken by sin. And I'm going to go and I'm going to give my life for them. And for you and I, as we follow Jesus, as we believe in Jesus, as we rejoice in Jesus, we realize that when God entrusts things to us, our job is to simply respond to Jesus by giving back to the Lord the things that he's given us. See, because God wants us to steward what's his, and so we don't hold on to these things on our own. So notice, give to the Lord, O families of the people, give to the Lord glory and strength. So God doesn't need our glory, and God doesn't need our strength because God is completely glorious, and God is completely powerful, right? God spoke all of creation into existence. God doesn't need you with your 385 pound bench press which is probably like two of you in this room me being not one of them for others of you it's like man you don't even the only thing you lift is you lift that slice of pizza to your mouth that's fitness fitness I'll fit this whole pizza into my mouth that's a good one I live on now that's a perspective right but the thing is is that As people created in the image and likeness of God, there is a glory that God has shared with us. You don't realize, like when it says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, it means that God created you gloriously in his image and likeness. The fact that when God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness and male and female, he created them. There is something inherently amazing about that. But we don't just keep the glory for ourselves. We give it back. The strength that you have. The facilities of your body. We don't just keep them for ourselves. I'm going to use that for this. You say, God, you have given me strength. 
what would you have me to do with that strength? See, we turn the things that we've been given that God has entrusted to us and we say, God, how can I give this back to you? We give the Lord the glory that's due his name because God is glorious. And then it says, bring an offering. Now, this is a fascinating idea because you realize that an offering, according to the Levitical law, don't miss the fact that this is all happening when the Ark of the Covenant is now coming into Jerusalem, where Jerusalem will be spiritually and uh, civically for the government was the center of the life of the children of Israel. When you brought an offering, God, that, that was your property that you're saying, God, I realize I'm going to bring you an offering because I realize the only reason I have this is because you've entrusted it to me. The idea that our resources, they're not ours, they're God's, and God has entrusted them to us, and we come and we return them back to the Lord because he's the rightful owner. And what happens is when we start to live that way, that's what you call generosity. And oftentimes, because we live, as I like to say, in a material world, and I am a material girl, <laughs> you know, um, you know, because we always think of generosity and just purely the material, but you realize that generosity is not only material, that's just an aspect of it. I often find that people struggle the most to be generous materially because they really just don't trust the Lord. If I give, if I give this to the Lord, what will I have for myself? Can we all admit we've all felt that way? Now, how much more so for the children of Israel who when they brought a, a young lamb or a young offering in the first year this wasn't like they didn't live in a day and age of costco where it's like if someone's like hey man can i have a sandwich you're like yeah, you could have the sandwich because i got like four other freezers with all sorts of food in it in the garage that i can keep forever like a bunch of a couple of years ago i just saw this somebody came gave me a, went and they caught a big old fish they handed me the whole fish and that thing's in my freezer still because I got, I got to figure out, like, what do I do with the scales on the fish? Like, I'm, like I'll, I'm from Jersey, you know what I mean? Like, what do I know about? But, like, I'm, like I'm, I looked at it yesterday, I'm like, I'm going to figure this thing out. And if that was you who gave me the fish, thanks so much. It's a big fish. You know what I mean? That thing's been in the freezer. But if you, got, if you caught a fish back in the day, you had to eat it in a couple days. You know what happens if the fish sits out, right? You don't want to know. It's nasty. So for a child of Israel, for, for a man or a woman, when they brought an offering to the Lord, they had way less than we have now. They didn't have 401ks. They didn't have savings accounts. There wasn't banks. They didn't have ATM cards. They didn't have lines of credit. So when you brought an offering, you're bringing like, you're like what's going to happen with this? But it's an act of faith where you're trusting the Lord. And so although we have a tendency to think more materially, generosity is a whole, it's a whole persuasion of the heart for the follower of Jesus. But guess what? The reason you and I are generous is because you realize that you are following the most generous person who's ever lived. God is the most generous person you'll ever meet. No one can outgive God. It's never happened. And what you find is that if you're a person who walks in the generosity that God inherently has on his own, you'll never lack because you always realize that true wealth isn't about the amount of stuff that you collected anyway. True wealth is finding your heart at joy because you're helping other people. Jesus said you're more blessed to give than receive. And this generation is learning it really quickly right now. Because we live in a day and age where you have access to everything that you could ever want. But yet there's, you just never feel like it's enough, right? All you want is that thing. And then you get that thing. And right away, after one day, you have it. You're like, okay, what's next? 
Because we know no satisfaction of our heart until we start finding ourselves involved in being part of the solutions of this world. Not just people who accumulate, but people who see their lives as a pass-through for the blessings of God. Giving back to him what he's given us. And then all of a sudden, generosity, you bring an offering. And then it says that we should worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now you realize, that's a crazy phrase, isn't it? How do you worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness? It's simple. You don't have any. We worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness because the good news of Jesus Christ is that Jesus shared his holiness with us. No one has ever said, Daniel, you are holy. Except for the Lord. Because... In and of myself, there is no inherent holiness. That word holy doesn't mean, oh, like, you know, where I walk around in robes and I swing a little incense thing and the, 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 you know, it's, it's, that's not what holiness is. That's just someone getting dressed up. You know what I mean? Just if I put on a, if I put on a Superman costume, it doesn't mean I'm Superman. It just means I got weird feelings about what I'm going to wear that day. See, holiness literally means the quality of what makes something distinct. Holy means actually holy other, completely different. And what's amazing is, is the only way that I can be holy is if God chooses to make me holy with giving me the gift of his holiness. That's what the book of Leviticus is all about. Be holy as the Lord your God is holy. All those laws in the book of Leviticus, the sacrificial system, all those things point to the fact that the only way a person can be made holy is for God to share his holiness with somebody. And when you and I choose to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, what we're actually doing is, is we are responding to God's gift of salvation in Christ by choosing to praise him for it. And when you and I praise God because of Jesus, guess what we're doing? We're worshiping in the beauty of holiness. We're giving back to the Lord what he has given to us. We're saying, God, you give it to me. I'm going to give it back to you because you can do more with it than I can. This reminds me, of course, of 1 John chapter 4. Verses 10 and 11 says it this way. It says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see, same idea. Not that we love God. But God loved us and he sent his son to die in our place to be the propitiation for our sins. And he said, beloved, if God has loved us, we also ought to what? Love one another. He's saying, look, I want you to give back to the Lord what you've received. Now, here's the thing. If you're here today, now I realize, I say this all the time, but it's more and more true each week. Here at Crossroads, everyone's on a different step of their faith journey. Right? There are some of you who are here right now and literally you're like, yeah, I don't know if I believe in Jesus. I'm just here. You know, uh, I kind of, I don't know why I'm here. Maybe someone brought me here. Or I just checked this thing out. I, I watched this video online. I figured I should come or someone invited me and no, I'm not sure. And listen, if that's, if you're in that place, I'm super happy that you're here and you're allowed to be here on that step. Okay? Like, I don't want you to feel like in any way, like you don't belong here. Right? Because I realize that God is doing a work in everyone's life. Right? And everyone's on the step that they're on today. And guess what? You're going to be on a different step tomorrow. And I always say, super important that no matter where you are, at best, you're not what you used to be and you're not what you're going to be. 
But today's the day to take a step in the right direction. Right? So I realize that some of you here, you're just like, I, I don't really know if I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't even know if I believe in God. That's cool. Some of you are like, man, I totally believe in the Lord. Like, you're like, Fusco, you are preaching fire today. You know, right? And some of you are like, man, Fusco, you need to get on fire. I mean, everyone's got a different perspective on this thing, right? Everyone has their own feelings and their own thoughts and their own ideas. And everyone ate different chili, and, not chili for breakfast, but you ate different breakfast and everyone's doing their, their thing, right? But, but here's the deal. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, let me talk to you. You give back to God what he has given you by choosing to love people. Because you know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you believe in Jesus, then you know that God so loved the world. You know who the world includes? Everybody. All the peoples. And we give back to God what he has given us when we decide that we're just going to love people. We're going to love people. We're going to let God work it out. We're going to love people, and in love, we're going to take the planks out of our own eyes, and we're going to deal with the speck in our brother's and sister's eyes after we deal with the plank in our own eye. That we're not arrogant. We're not over, overbearing. We, in love, say, in love, let's talk about this stuff. And listen, in a lot of ways, anybody who struggles with Christianity today sees people who believe in Jesus and say, well, where's the love? I thought Jesus was died on a cross. I remember when I was coming to Jesus, that was my struggle. I'm like, you know, what's up with all this? Like if Jesus was really like this amazing person who was the propitiation for our sins, which I didn't know what that phrase meant, but if he's willing to die for people, then why is all the hate coming out of the church? And in a lot of ways, what I love is that we're not that kind of church here at Crossroads. And we get in trouble for it. We're like, Crossroads, you guys are just so, you know, kind to everybody. It's like, ah, it's a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, like, like, I can't believe you would say that any, like, you can be at Crossroads if you're not a Christian. I'm like, look, we don't check people's samples on the way in the door. You know what I mean? Like, do you have a driver's license? Can you come on in here? Yeah, do you have, a, what's your DNA? Can I get a DNA sample? Can you come on in here? Hey, are you really walking with Jesus? You're just like, you're like, you're not getting questioned on the way in, right? Why? Because what we realize is that God is inviting all of us to be changed. Whether you don't believe in Jesus yet or whether you've been walking with Jesus for 70 years, today, God is inviting you to be changed. He's inviting you to take the next step on the journey. And one of the most powerful things happens when you realize that, God, I'm going to give you back what you have given me. You have shared your holiness with me. That's what salvation is. And I'm going to turn it back to you, Lord, and I'm going to praise you in the beauty of holiness. Today, Pastor Daniel explained that a person who understands that God is always with them will give back to the Lord what he's given to them by choosing to love people. This is no small task. God has been kind and forgiving in his dealings with you and asks you to do the same. You learn that this means not judging others but instead taking responsibility for your actions and giving grace to those around you. Hey everybody, I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's word and helps us reach more and more people. 
thank you for considering partnering. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at CrossroadsChurch.net. So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that living in the light of God's presence causes you to praise Him. You'll discover that humans being made in God's image are the only ones in creation with the choice to praise God or not. God wants who He is and what He's done for you to prompt you to praise Him, not out of obligation, but because you're grateful for the amazing gifts of grace and His presence. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Presence. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.